Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fluff to Buff Fitness Podcast. This is Johnny Rohrbeck here again today with my cousin and co-host, Jake Wilkins. Jake, how you doing? Hey, hey, Johnny. I'm doing great, man. I'm yeah? uh, feeling good. Yeah, yeah. Psyched. Had a, had a busy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you wiped out? <laughs> I feel like I pushed a little bit, but I don't feel like tremendously sore because I did yeah. the things that I needed to do um, well in advance of my, uh, of my race to put myself in the best spot that I could be physically, you know? Right on, man. Well, I know that, um, gosh, it's been, I think a couple weeks ago now we had an episode go live where we were able to talk about your first ever triathlon, which if I remember right, was an Olympic distance triathlon. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yep. That is okay. it. Olympic distance. Yep. Gotcha. And you told us at that time, Hey, I took a day off. And then I'm back at my training because in a few weeks, you know, not that long from now, I've got a uh, double this distance, a 70.3, I think. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So, 70.3 so, miles. Which is, you know, geez, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> so for those of you, if you didn't catch the other episode, you need to go listen to the to the buildup of Jake doing his first triathlon because he's been training for it for quite a while. Catch that and then come back and listen to this one. Um, because this is sort of follow-up, um, and it's just so freaking exciting, dude. For everybody who's been listening, I know that you're as proud as I am, um, of Jake and all his oh, accomplishments, thanks, but today, yet again, because it's our podcast and we're going to do what we want to, we're going to talk about this second, <laughs> this second triathlon you did, because it's not just a second triathlon. As you just mentioned, it's double the length. Jake, yeah, yeah. break down what that 70.3 miles consists of for everybody. And remember, friends, this goes from one to the next to the next. This isn't something you spread out over a month or week. You literally do it all in one take. So Jake, break it down for us. Yeah. So we started at 630 in the morning and uh, we started with a 1.2 mile swim. And then from wait, wait, there, 1.2 yes, miles swimming. Yes, sir. Yep. A lot of us can't walk a mile. I'm sorry, <laughs> right. I keep cutting you off, but like I just need this is where I want to pause, right? Like 1.2 miles of swimming. There literally are some of us who can't tread water for more than 10 minutes. There are some of us who walk a mile and go, man, I got it in, which is true for some of us, depending on where we are in our fitness journey. That is work. It is a lot of work, but when you say you swam 1.2 miles or even a little farther, depending on how the buoys are floating, bro, yes, that's a lot of freaking swimming. Okay, so 1.2 miles, then? Um, then I ran from the water to what we call transition, um, which was probably 150 yards or so, okay. um, and sw uh, took off my wetsuit, um, put on... Um, some riding shorts and a cycling jersey and mm -hmm. then strapped on my helmet and jumped on the bike. Well, I guess kind of ran my bike out of transition to what we call the mountain line. Mm -hmm. And that was a total of, I think five minutes it took me to do the running and the switching and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I rode for 56 miles on the bike. Um, and we covered somewhere around 2000 feet of elevation. So, um, okay. That, so let's slow, let's slow down again. Let's let okay. it again, because this is, we got to soak this in. You swam 1.2 miles. 
Yes, you sir. ran through the transition process to get out of your clothes, into new clothes, grab your bike, get your bike to what would be the bike starting line, basically, right? Where you start riding yep. it. And then you yep. you rode your bike for how far? Yeah, 56 miles, man. 56, 56 miles. miles. Let's just yep. pause for a minute. I get tired of driving my car 56 miles. I ain't even <laughs> going to lie. If it's longer than like 15, 20 miles from here, I'm like, dang, it. Like, I got to get prepped to get in my car to drive that far. You got to get in the right headspace, huh? I got to get in the right headspace. So you didn't just ride your bike 56 miles. You swam 1.2 miles, jogged your happy yes. little butt over to your bike, <laughs> got yes, your sir. bike, and then we're like, I'm just going to ride my bike for 56 miles. Yeah, three hours and 10 minutes, but I wasn't counting. Oh, God. (laughs) That just sounds brutal. And you said elevation of, or elevation difference of 2,000 feet. Does that mean up some, down some, up some, down some? Or from start to finish, you ended up 2,000 feet higher than you were when you started? Um, So, ascent. 2,000 feet of, of, of ascent. Of course, there was descent because of the way physics works. You start at one point and you end at the same point. Eventually, you go up and eventually you go down. You know, you 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 are at the same elevation. But that was a little over 2,000 feet of uh, ascent. Wow. Um, Yeah, it was was good stuff, man. It was a lot of fun. Dude. Um, So at that point, I mean, gosh, like you're done, right? Or no? Nope. It's a triathlon. What did you do after that, Jake? (laughs) We ran a half marathon, man. 13.1 miles. And I just want to go on record that 70.3 triathlons are the worst half marathons ever because they make you swim all that way. And then they make you run or ride your bike all that way just to be able to run a half marathon. That's pretty yeah. pathetic, right? <laughs> Dude, no kidding. Just put it in your pipe and smoke it, friends. Jogging, running, even walking 13.1 miles is a massive feat. There, there are people that that's their goal, their life goals. I want to be able to run a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And it's a massive goal. It, it, it is a massive, it is. it's like, holy cow, kudos to you. But to swim one and a half miles or 1.2 miles, then ride a bike 56 miles, then run a half marathon is pure madness, you beast. <laughs> it was, man... You know, I, I've said this a couple times, and and I won't belabor it because I know you've got lots of questions you want you wanted to ask. Mm-hmm. But you know, the one thing that I just want to make clear is that this is because I kept trying. It's not yeah. because I, I did anything special. I'm not superhuman. I was a couch potato my entire life for forty some years. I was a couch potato. I decided I didn't want to be that anymore. And every day, I I did what our our good friend Lee Harrington says, mm-hmm. and I just went just a little bit more. How much more? Just a little bit, and that's all it took. And eventually, consistently taking and doing just a little bit more, yeah, brought me to where I am. Jake, Uh, I I feel you. And and listen, man, you may not be superhuman, but I'm going to tell you right now, for all of us listening and all of us watching, you are a superhero. Because, dude, you haven't been athletic all your life and then said, I'm going to go get a little competitive and do one of these really big hard things. You went from couch potato, whatever, sedentary, whatever we want to say that's not insulting, right? Uh, somewhat sedentary lifestyle. Uh, right. 
or, or even mostly, if I could say mostly sedentary, you know, at, maybe at, at its worst, you were like me and just like sitting around and didn't even want to walk upstairs. Okay. You've gone from that to doing what you just did. And that's superhero freaking status for all of us watching because there are fit, healthy people that are competitive athletes that don't even do what you just did. Right. It's not like, okay, I'm better now than I used to be. No, bro. You're not that you look down on anybody like as a looking down on better, but no, you're, be, you're better than all, the majority of our population. Cause this is, I know it feels big to you and emotional. You got to know watching and knowing you all your life. This is like, holy friggin' beep. Like what? <laughs> what? You know, like right? I couldn't be, I couldn't be more proud. And what you just said brings me to a quick quote. I may have shared this a couple weeks ago. I don't even care. I'm going to say it again because I feel like this sums up your journey. Success doesn't come from what you do occasionally. It comes from what you do consistently. Remember yeah. to be patient, be gentle with yourself, do what you can consistently, and you'll always be better than you were yesterday. Go yep. a little more, do a little bit more, or do the same you did yesterday, as long as it's progress from the couch, whatever, right? Just be consistent yeah. about your activity and be patient with yourself. It's time, truth, consistency. Put in the time, give it time truly do the work and be consistent in your frequency and you will see results whether that's to lose weight whether that's to be able to run or jog a mile or, or a 5k in in quicker time whether that's to be able to do a 10k or you know half marathon like as you as you progress in in the length or duration whatever the goal is stay consistent and you will get there and you're an example of that my dude in flying freaking colors you're an example of that I appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, I feel like like it's just Johnny Flatter Jake Day, but I don't care. Y'all just deal with it. It's my cousin. I'm proud. Um, <laughs> Thanks, so I do have questions, Jake. So there, um, one of the one of the things I was curious about when we talked about your first marathon, you mentioned triathlon. I'm sorry, not yes, not marathon triathlon. Yeah, don't be, give me credit for what I haven't done yet. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Um, your first triathlon when when we were talking about that. Um, you mentioned that there were, though you, you placed well, you did well, um, that there were some areas that, first of all, you wanted to kind of work on or maybe focus on in your training that had to do with some of your pacing. Um, mm -hmm. And then, but one of the things I'm most curious about, I want you to talk about that, but the first thing I, I want to ask you about, you also mentioned your lead up nutrition and the things that you had that day. I think if I remember right, it was like some high sodium High or higher sodium sort of Gatorades, you know, type drinks that mm -hmm. you had drunk. And you were curious how your performance might change if you made some adjustments on the nutrition end. What kind of adjustments did you make, if any? And did you see the results or feel the results you were looking for? So the first thing that I did was I really ratcheted down. Um, and the way I've been eating, it was really difficult for me to be able to do this. But I, I was took in like 600 between 500 and 600 grams of carbohydrates a day. And mm. if you aren't familiar with what that looks like, we're talking about like 10 cups of rice a day is what that oh, was yeah. taking me to be able to do that. And now I, I divvied that up between fruit and different things that I ate, but mm -hmm. I did that to be able to top off 
you know, my, my liver with glycogen and my muscles with glycogen so that I was ready to rock and roll. And then I did play with some of the fluids that I had on the bike. Um, Mm -hmm. I kept a bottle of electrolytes, um, with me, some of the Gatorade with sodium and all that good stuff. But Mm -hmm. then I had some water and that really turned out to be very beneficial for me. Um, good. I, my nutrition was on point. I had something like every, um, 35 to 50 minutes or so while I was Mm -hmm. on the bike. Um, and while I was on the run, I had some chews here and there. I'm super glad that I, um, decided that I was going to carry some electrolyte tablets with me Mm -hmm. because while I was on the run, I started having the beginnings of some cramping in one of my calves and just above my knee and, um, on my left side. And I would chew some of those every, uh, I don't know, 10 or 20 minutes. And it was really effective. Um, awesome. kept the, kept the cramps at bay and I did, did really well. I feel like from a nutrition perspective, I handled it in a way that was, you know, I reached my ability for where I'm at right now physically. Um, had I trained a little differently or, you know, whatever i maybe I could have produced better numbers, but mm-hmm. where I was on that day, I ate what I needed to eat. I fueled the way I needed to fuel and I feel real good about it. That's, that's amazing, man. I, and I'm so glad that you not only were paying attention enough to make some slight adjustments and plan effectively, but that you did see positive results from those things that you planned. Um, I'm really curious about, I don't know if you've seen them. They, they make them for not only now for diabetics, but even for like people that are in, in fitness, just in fitness in, in general. Um, it's like a constant monitor, right? That you kind of plug into your arm. Um, and it can let you know like when your sugar spiking, dipping, not just your sugar, but like everything like sodium, it like tracks everything so that it can give you little alerts before you even feel the effects. Cause I don't know about you, but a lot of times before I even realize I'm dehydrated, it's, it's like too late. Like assume by the time you feel it, it's like, Oh shoot. Now I'm going to yeah. deal with this crash. I have to rehydrate is not something you can do just in an instant. You have to stay hydrated. Um, and the same thing I imagine with that type of endurance race, things like electrolytes and things like, you know, stuff like that. Did you, did you see anybody or, or have you seen or heard of anybody using those types of devices for, for long, um, you know, endurance races and stuff, Jake? I did. I did see a number of folks. I would probably say that maybe, I mean, there were 1600 of us. I probably, I didn't see everybody in the field out mm-hmm. there. I probably saw 10 of them or so, uh, yeah. 10 folks out there with the little monitors on their arms or the little yeah. boxes that were taped to their arms. So right, yeah. a, a portion of them, but you know, I, I probably saw 500 people that day. So yeah. I don't know what that percentage is, but you know, gotcha. relatively small percentage of folks had yeah. them. Um, I just, I thought yeah, about I them at, out there. Yeah. After our last episode about your first triathlon, I thought about those with regards to, helping you be preemptive in, oh yeah, like I don't feel it yet, but according to my monitor, like I need to go ahead and pop another chewy in or (laughs) go ahead and take a swig of something, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, I would think would be kind of maybe even like a remove a little bit of the anxiety even of fatigue type things that could set in. Um, if you know your monitor is going to tell you before you even feel it, you know? 
Yeah, um, and I think that's why some of the timing is so important because I didn't have that resource. So I needed mm-hmm. to, like you said, before I needed it, I needed to take it. And mm-hmm. basically the standard is, and, and what they even tell you with a lot of those um, nutrition tools that you can get, that you need to keep take something in every you know, some of them say every 30 minutes, some of them say every 40 minutes, but mm-hmm. you need to be taking something in, um, yeah. real routinely. And that's, yeah. you know, I followed the direction on the packages and, you know, got the results that I had hoped to get. That's awesome. Now, speaking of results, talk to me about, um, w- what I didn't ask you was, what was your total time? Like you did, the, we, we talked about 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile I, I laugh saying it because it sounds stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike ride, 13.1 mile run. How long did it take you to do that? Yeah, the whole thing was six hours, 33 minutes and 23 seconds from when I hit the water until I crossed the uh, the finish line. Um, and that Great. was ba- uh, basically 41 and some change in the water. Um mm-hmm. Uh, 310 on the bike and then just under 230 for the half marathon. Wow. So, um, brother, amazing job. And I think I remember you telling me uh, right after you got done, I, I think you sent me a picture or sent me a text. Um, you, you were basically, would it be fair to say you were basically midfield out of how many people? When I got out of the water, I was, I was well ahead of, Everybody out of the way. Yeah. I say everybody. I was I was definitely in the in the top third. I dropped down to the top of the or either the bottom of the second third or the top of the the third third mm-hmm. um, by the end of everything. Mm-hmm. I think I finished. Let me see. I um I want to say I finished nine hundred something out of sixteen hundred. And Basically, I mid, was sort of midfield then at that point. Yeah, and I was, um, I want to say, 100 out of maybe 147, 150 in my age group. Right. Dude, dude. I was not very happy. No, I was not. (laughs) You were nowhere near last. And you, I I remember you, you know, you mentioned something this morning. We caught up on the phone for a few minutes. You said, man, the, the, the energy of the entire, the whole vibe of the whole place is literally like there's one person that comes in first place, but everybody, literally like everybody's a winner. Like everybody is cheering each other on. And how could you not just to accomplish it? Legit. It's not like the consolation pat on the back. Oh, you tried buddy way to go. Like, no, I just spent six and a half freaking hours, (laughs) you know, working my butt off. Like you win, you win, you absolutely freaking win. You beat every fat kid joke that anybody ever threw at you, Jake. You just, yeah. you literally destroyed every single one of them, dude. So, yeah, for sure. And that was such a cool vibe. I got to say, I don't, I've only been to a few running events. Now I've been to two triathlons. Um, I, man, it is such a cool vibe. No one, the guys on the podium and the people who are, are, are running behind and the last place person, everybody is there for themselves, but they're also there for everyone else. It was, it was just awesome. Um, you know, there was a group of us that stood around and we waited for the last person to come off the course yesterday. Not one person that was at the finish line actually knew that person, but we were all hooping and hollering. Like she had just come in first because, and, and like, she was a great friend of ours because she was, she was a fellow competitor. She was somebody who Mm -hmm. was out there grinding and somebody who was going to finish the day. 
And it was, yeah, I didn't think about it. It was like, oh, this lady's coming down the chute. We come on, let's get a group for her. Literally, we all got together. Yeah, yeah. How can it literally is? How can you not? I mean, how can right. you? How can you not? When you see somebody accomplishing such a great feat, um, absolutely, just cool. I, I'm dropping absolutely all over the place today because I'm I'm digging it. For those of you who've been around for a while, um, how Jake? How are are there people? Uh, this is a curiosity that I had as well. Are there people that that don't finish? You know, like that go out and and for whatever reason, like have an injury or something like that, like. Do you see people kind of, you know, off to the side or or that just kind of drop out and say, I can't do it today or anything like that? Like, what what is that vibe? Yep. Like, how does that look? It, it's sad. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, fortunately, I did not have to see anybody get pulled out of the water yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jen told me that um, after the uh, time limit was up for the swim, which I think we had 80 minutes to do the swim. Mm-hmm. Um after that, that they swept the the swim course, and anybody who was still out there, um, they got pulled off. They they pulled them up on the boats, and they pulled them off, and that was the end of their day. Um, gotcha. So you do have to meet somewhat of a criteria to keep going in the race. Then I didn't realize that. Yeah, there. So you've got eighty minutes to be out of the water, and then you have five hours and thirty minutes from the time that you get in the water to be done with your run. And and I'm sorry, not to be done with your run, to be done with your bike. Mm -hmm. And then you have until eight hours and 30 minutes after your toes hit the water to cross the finish line in in the Ironman 70.3 series. Right. Um, So there's a pace. Right. That may vary a little bit from race to race, depending mm-hmm. on the terrain. I don't know what all the criteria is, but the races that I've looked at, they're, they're, that was the universal criteria. Again, there may right. be exceptions that I'm not aware of. I, I'm not such a learned person. I don't know everything about it, but. Yeah, I got you. No, that's, I just was, I was really curious about it thinking, you know, wondering like how, how that goes, like how many people, you know, don't, don't make it and aren't able to finish, you know, is it like 5%? Is it only a handful? You know, knowing again, it's, it's, I don't think it would ever speak to a lack of athleticism or effort because you wouldn't sign yourself up for 70.3 miles if you hadn't been training, you know? Um, well, you hope not, right? Uh, you, yeah, you'd hope not. Cause it's not cheap either. Like you got to pay money to get in that stuff. So yeah. Um, um, so I would assume it would be from injury or fatigue or something, you know, just on that particular day for somebody. But, um, but yeah, I was, yes, certainly for the, um, for the swim and the run. Um, however, people can have some catastrophic failures on their bikes mm. and be taken out because of that. Um, I yeah. read an article about a guy and I, I this guy just must, must be an absolute animal. He, got three flat tires on the course yesterday because oh the roads God. were so crummy. Um, yeah. He still finished in like 545, which is 45 minutes faster than I did. And I didn't spend 70 minutes on the side of the road. I can't oh imagine how God. fast that dude must have been going. Um, I mean, do you just patch your tire at that point? Do you have somebody bring you a new tire? What's the rule on that? So you can bring your own stuff with you and repair your bike. However, some of the bikes that they've got, they're not so easy to just, just repair. Um, 
So there is a crew that goes out and when they are alerted to a problem, well, one, they're sort of patrolling the course, but when they're alerted to a problem, they will go to a rider and they will offer some support for that rider. And it sounds like after the first two um, flats this guy had, they, uh, when he finally got his third flat, they just offered him a new rim and tire. They were like, here, will you just put this on your bike and be done with it? And he ended up taking him up on it and ran the race with it. Sir, you seem to have a uh, redundancy issue problem with your tire going flat. Please take There is one. a high rate of recidivism with you, sir. It is time <laughs> to just cut it out and do it our way. Well, good. I mean, good for him. Like you said, what a, what a monster athlete, though, man, to go through three flat tires and still finish in, you said, five something, right? Five fifteen yeah, or five forty or whatever. Yeah, Could you imagine the headspace? Like, I, I, after the first one it'd be like man this is awful but i'm okay you know lightning's Mm -hmm. not going to strike twice and then oh my gosh it strikes a third time i could not imagine where his head had to be but it just again speaks to like how much of an animal that guy was like he was determined he was going to finish that race that day yeah especially after you've done the swim apparently in good enough time to be kind of in the front of the field ish you know at at least right and then yeah because i came up on him right i came up on him and he was downed so you know at that point because i do remember him because he said he was only like um, five miles in and i know exactly who he was i remember Mm -hmm. seeing him on the side of the road um waiting for the crew so i mean it yeah it's just something else wow um so definitely the vibe the vibe is is something unparalleled something i've not experienced and it was great to see everybody just just having a good time um the volunteer crew was freaking amazing just you know 400 and some odd volunteers giving up Mm. their time to be awesome to hand out waters to hand out shirts to put medals around our necks to take our timing chips off to Mm -hmm. be there to just support us so that all we had to do was be athletes and it was it was really cool and you know hats off to everybody in geneva who um who took the time and gave up their time uh to, to help support us all it was a really cool experience sounds like a massive undertaking to pull something like that off especially with that many people showing up i wouldn't think mm-hmm. there'd be that many people that would want to put themselves through that <laughs> uh, yeah, that would show up all in one place like you bunch of crazy nuts you know <laughs> it's like wow right um so yeah to, but to pull off an event of that size like that's that's an amazing amazing undertaking um talk to me jake about like you know, technique wise, pacing wise, were there things that you had decided to do different outside of the nutrition aspect from, from your first triathlon to this one, um, with regards to how and when you wanted to push or pull or, or, or chill or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Talk to me about that. Like performance wise, what were some of the things that you, you know, adjusted or did you stick to the game plan as you had trained? Like talk talk to me. So yeah, with the swim, I stuck to the game plan as I, as I had trained, I was very nervous going into the swim because the, the three weeks in between my Olympic and, and the iron or half iron that I did, I only got, I think two open water swims and maybe two other swims. And I had been swimming three days a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and I went the Tuesday before my race. Um, and that was the last time I swam. And the thing was like, my rhythm was way off my, my stroke and my breathing and, and everything was, 
it was wonky. I was choking on water and I was sort of freaking out as I was, as I was walking down the gangplank to, um, to enter the, the water at, at this last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what it was. I hit the water and instantly I found a rhythm. I didn't know. You know what? I can't even say I found a rhythm. I hit the water and I was in rhythm and Got I it. stayed in rhythm. I swam the straightest I've ever swam. I did not get one um, mouthful of water. It was like everything, man, it was like synergy. I don't know how else to describe it. It was perfect. Um, What a great way to start a triathlon in rhythm. Yeah. Yep. You know, otherwise you're trying to overcome the lack of whatever you felt you know, in the beginning part. So to start that way is just awesome. Now, Jake, you you were doing this in, in, this is still in upstate New York, right? Where Geneva, is that where that's located? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, so what was the weather like? Like, was it hot out? Was it cold out? Was the water freezing? Like, what what was that like for the swim? It started in the 60s, and I want to say we finished up somewhere in the mid-70s for, for temperature. Um, the water temp day. was really high. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the 70s, I think 76 degrees when we started. Oh, goodness. Thank goodness. Um, it was still uh, wetsuit legal. That made mm-hmm. everybody's life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you talked about or you're, you asked about – game plan and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I got to the bike, my plan was to ride the course and try to do a little bit better than I did the last time I rode the course. So last time I rode the course, I had a really rough time. I dumped my bike a couple times because the road was so poor. Um, and I actually missed a turn. So I didn't, I didn't get to do the entire course. I actually rode a little bit extra. Um, but it was really nice because there was no anticipation. I did not have to focus on like, okay, do, am I going to miss this turn? You know, wh- where do I go next? Because I already done the route. So mm-hmm. while I can't say every single turn I remembered, I got to say probably close to 75 or 80% of the course I knew. And I was, yeah. I was ready for it. I was anticipating it as in I was thinking about it. I was not having anticipation about it, if that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and I ended up riding the, the bike course, uh, three miles an hour faster than I did on the training ride that I did. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. That confidence helped you push. Yeah, it did for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure and coming we, out of a good swim, like you said, you probably had a, a, a push of confidence even like, Hey, this is going good. So let's go. Yeah. And I got, you know, about, about a third of the way into the ride, my brain finally was letting loose a little bit. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm not just doing this. I am going to do this. Like this is, yeah, there was no thought in my mind, you know, in leading up to the race and even getting out of the water and getting on my bike, there was this, these little thoughts in the back of my head that were just creeping in about whether or not I could do it, whether I had it in me. And like I said, about a third of the way into the bike, something snapped and it was like, let's do this. I got, I got happy. I got excited. I was feeling good. I, I wasn't singing, but I could have, um, had I let (laughs) myself, uh, yeah. Right. I know we're not all as, uh, musically and, and vocally inclined as you are. So I'll leave that to you. But then, uh, you know, we got over to the run and it was my plan just to run. I had no real game plan. I was going to run. Um, I got about a mile and a half, two miles in and this guy came up next to me and he's 
um, I say run in his mouth, but he wasn't, he wasn't being mean or derogatory. He was just like chatting people up as he's walking by or running by them. And, um, we started talking and we figured out we have a lot in common. He actually does brigading in Central America. Like I, mm-hmm. like I went and did this, uh, last yeah, winter. medical, like mission, um, mission work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just decided that we were going to run the the race together. So he, he had a plan where he was running every running for six and a half minutes and then walking for, um, 45 seconds. And he called mm-hmm. it the gallo method. I'd never heard of it before. And honestly, I haven't looked it up yet. I probably will just to learn a little bit more about it, but it was, it was great. It, it helped me an awful lot just to have those kind of small, um, rest breaks. Mm-hmm. We still maintained, um, 11 minute miles, which I was really happy for considering, you know, we just ran and swam or sorry, we just biked <laughs> and swam and everything. Yeah. So yeah. I was really content with that. Um, we got to the last, I'd say two miles or so. And my body was just, it was, I, I wasn't starting to shut down. I just, and I was having a really hard time with my legs turning over. Like the running mm. part of it had gotten a lot more difficult. And I told him, I was like, you know, um, I think you should go ahead and I'm just going to, I'm going to take another rest period and then I'm going to start running again. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, yep, I get it. So he ran off um, and I finished on my own. I walked probably, I, I turned it into, um, I want to say like run three minutes, maybe walk a minute or so. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I finished the race out, you know, the last two miles. And, um, but again, even at that, that pace, I still finished in, you know, right around 11 minutes a mile. So I was pretty darn happy with that. That's you should be, man. You should be like, like I said, this to string all of that together, you'd be dumb not to listen to your body because the goal was to finish. The goal wasn't to go out there and be a dummy. Yeah. with your body the goal was to finish mm-hmm. you know the the accomplishment is the same <laughs> it's yeah. the same no matter how you went about doing it you know flat tire or not you know flat foot going numb whatever like you just you deal with what you got to deal with and you you finish the thing and that's where the kudos are bro so yeah. i'll tell you yeah. the one thing i was surprised with was the amount of emotion that i felt towards the end like every you know, Jen was there, my wife was there and she brought a little whiteboard. And every time I passed her, she had written something different on the whiteboard. And in this sea of people, I could, I could look at her and I could see that she thought of something that was cute and funny. Sometimes she was ragging Mm -hmm. on me about my short shorts. Other (laughs) times she was just being smart and and lovey and, and using words that we use together as a couple, you know, just, we've all got that secret language, right? Well, she was doing some of that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite that, but you know, yeah. <laughs> close anyways. Um, so, you know, I got that and I could look at her and despite the fact that I'm in this group with all these people around me and all these spectators, I could just think about her and I mm-hmm. could stop thinking about my legs and I could stop thinking about my breathing and I could just focus for a minute. And I started thinking about all that she gave. And I started thinking about all the people that have given me things, whether it's their time, it's encouragement. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got p- friends that have given me equipment to be able to do this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I started thinking about how special it was. Then I started thinking about the guy that I was, you know, what, 20 months ago. Mm-hmm. It, and I started thinking about, 
all that it's taken to get there. And I got to the finish line and I saw Jen, I crossed the line and I just lost it, man. The, I, I started I bet. trembling from inside. My eyes started watering. I, I, as soon as they took the chip off of me and put the metal around my neck, I ran to Jen and we hugged and we both cried a little bit. And mm-hmm. it was, it was everything. It was, it was the, the day it was the, the environment that we were in. It was all that I've been through, you know, the culmination of all the effort. And, and I just felt all the love from every direction. Yeah. And I, I don't know, man, I'm getting all choked up thinking about it right now. I, um, buddy, I feel you, man. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm with you. It was something very, very special. If any of our listeners have a connection with Lifetime movies, Hallmark, Netflix, Hulu, any of them, we need a movie called 70.3. And it's all about (laughs) Jake's journey to this thing. And I know you're going to do more beyond that. And you're going to keep doing things. But dude, even just to this point, Jake, it's movie worthy, bro. It's book worthy. Like you need to write a book. If you don't, I'm going to kick your butt. You need to write a book (laughs) or something. Um... And let people see, like, we've tried to journal through our Fluff to Buff podcast, which needs more listeners. Friends, share our podcast with people. This is real life stuff, man. This is mm-hmm. real life, like, miraculous fitness changes happening. And if you listen from the beginning, you'll hear the full story, right? But this needs to be a book. It needs to, it needs to be something beyond even what we're doing right now, Jake. I, that's how, that's how big of a deal it is. I think, man. And I think everybody who knows it and hears the story and sees the before and after and, and is like, Oh my gosh, like what a journey, what a journey. I, I appreciate it, man. I yes, really sir. do. Buddy, I love you. I'm proud of you. Love and you too, I man. look forward to continuing to be able to talk about all the things that you're that you're doing as you keep moving forward, things that you learn, things that come to mind. Uh, great day in six and a half hours. I'm sure there's multiple thoughts that went through your mind that we'll we'll hear about even you know as we move forward. But um, awesome catching up, man. Awesome seeing you uh, accomplish such such an incredible goal. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was it was something special, and I, I really do appreciate you and all your encouragement and everything. Yes, sir. And, and everybody here that was pushing me along, um, I love to see the ABSN community um, and and all the encouragement that I've gotten through Fluff to Buff and everything else. It's it's been something special. I yeah. It's I don't want to be cheesy, man. but you know, I I did things because people were able to support me. I don't know that I can do these things by myself without feeling like I've got the support and the love that I have from everybody. So thank you, everybody. Yes, sir. Cue the music, Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> no. Anyway, oh, Jake, I'm proud of you. Listen, friends who have tuned in today, again, I'm going to say it one more time. If you haven't already heard the first episode of Jake's First Triathlon, go listen to that. Go back even before then, and you'll hear about his training, getting ready for that. Uh, go all the way back to the beginning if you need to, to see how big of a deal this is. And whatever you do, join us next time here on Fluff to Buff. 